Hey, I'm Jim Woods, and welcome to the Finish Your Book Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by StoryCrafting.net. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey everyone, I am thrilled to be with my friend Jeff Goins, and today we're going to talk a little bit about momentum. Jeff is a best-selling author, and he has written five books, and most recently was the Real Artists Don't Starve book, which is fantastic. Jeff, thanks so much for being with me. I'm glad to be here, Jim. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, momentum is a challenging thing as a writer. Sometimes it feels like we're you know, on that high, and then sometimes it's a little more challenging as a writer. You've got a lot going on. You have a podcast, you have a blog, you have a business, you have several courses, you have uh, employees, you have a family. You have so much going on. How does writing and finishing books like fit into the mix for you? So where does it fit in? Uh, you know, I think of this in a couple of ways. First of all, there's that saying that you're not supposed to uh, manage your schedule. You're supposed to manage your priorities. So writing for me is a priority. It's always been uh, a priority. And um, mm. when I got really serious about writing, I just decided every day I was going to write something. So I don't have any like big aspirations other than I try to show up at least once a day and write something. And I typically have an appointment first thing in the morning. Uh, when I first started writing, uh, you know, I had a day job, and so that time was like before my wife got up, before our baby got up. It was first, first, first thing in the morning. Now it's like first thing once I get into the office because I take my son to school, and and so schedules, you know, move around. Um, but it's important to me to keep that appointment wherever it is, uh, and usually it's the first hour or two of the day I write. But there are days where that just doesn't happen, and I think with any sort of commitment to a habit, whether that's you know working out. Uh, writing, um, spending quality time with your spouse. At some point, you'll make the decision, and then inevitably at some point, two or three weeks or months down the line, life will happen, and it will just throw that whole plan out the window. And this is the point at which your commitment is really tested. And I found this to be true with writing. So anytime I go, okay, I've got to, I'm going to write every day. I'm going to finish this book. I'm going to do this thing. Uh, all of this stuff starts to happen. The kids get sick and work gets busy and all these things happen. Stephen Pressfield calls this resistance. And for me, the thing that keeps me going is the long-term commitment to show up every day and write something. So momentum, you know, from a physics standpoint, is the uh, energy in motion that you've set into motion. And so uh, you know, once an object is in motion, it wants to stay in motion. And so my job is not to worry about how I feel or – because there are days when I may write thousands of words and there may be days when I write dozens of words. But the job really is to show up and just keep pushing, you know, that cart down the hill. And if I keep doing that, it will keep moving. And so for me – I'm not measuring the fits and starts and the spurs, the bursts of energy and, and the lack thereof. I'm trying to measure the only thing that I really can measure, which is just my ability to show up. And I try to do that every day. And some days I don't do it, but most days I do. What about those times? And obviously what we're really talking about is habits, 
getting a routine yeah. down in a sense. But what about those days where, you know, life happens, you have car problems, your family gets sick, you get sick. How do you rebound from that? Because I think it's, it's those times that are so pivotal. And it's like you can, you know, keep momentum going by doing something or, you know, but what if you didn't even get any writing? Zero. How do you get back on back on the train? Yeah, so I try to – I mean so the, the the real challenge is to not find yourself in that place so if possible. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld talks about not breaking the chain. Sure. And so that really is the goal is, look, if I have car trouble or taking my son to school takes an hour and a half instead of half an hour, uh, then I will you know drop him off, pull into the parking lot, pull out my phone, and write 20 words. Just to capture something because I do not believe that you do not have time to write. You may not have time to write well. You may not have as much time as you'd like to write, but I do not believe that you do not have any time to write something. So job number one is to really just keep that train moving even if it's a tiny, tiny amount. My friend Shanta Grimes uh, is a big champion of writing 10 minutes a day. That's the goal. And and on days when you only do 10 minutes, you've done your job. She's written novels this week, written, completed, and published novels, writing 10 minutes a day. But then there are those days, as you know, Jim, where the universe aligns. You know, the stars align and the universe conspires for your success and you write for a couple of hours and you write five or 10,000 words. And that's amazing. And you, you know, uh, are grateful for those days without expecting them to continue. But on the days when you only write... 10 words a day, you go, that's that's all I set out to do. So set really tiny habits that you can accomplish almost every day. Uh, and then on the days where, look, you know, you just – you your head hits the pillow, you get sick or whatever, and you just realize, oh, I didn't write at all today. I think it's very important anytime you fail at practicing a habit to pay attention to the story that you tell yourself. So I, I was recently talking to somebody – who is struggling with weight loss mm. and they want to work out every day and they were doing it solid for like two weeks then week three hits and they got tired and mm-hmm. went to bed and then woke up the next day and like ate some chips and you know and and we had this conversation and I said how's this going and she said well not not so well um and I said well you know why don't you just start back at it tomorrow and she said, no, this is what I do. I, you know, I do it for a couple of weeks, and I fall off the wagon. I never finish anything. And I said, well, um, yeah, I get that. Uh, um, I, I, I hear some shame and some frustration with yourself. But you don't have to worry about finishing. What if, you know, can you just get a good night's sleep tonight and try again tomorrow? Yeah, I could do that. And so I, I think... Like, look, Jim, no amount of like positive thinking or me trying to talk you into like motivating you into doing something is going to work if in your head you're saying, I always do this. I'm never going to finish this. And so I'm not saying like tomorrow you can retrain your brain not think this way, but I think it's important to pay attention to the story you tell yourself when you fail and understand that in that moment, you have a decision to tell yourself a different story. I was recently talking to a coaching client of mine, and she said, you know, I, I never finish anything. Same kind of thing. I said, what does that mean? 
Uh, she goes, well, you know, I just don't finish big projects. That so, you know, all of my twenties, I did this. I said, well, you're in your thirties. You have a multi six figure business. You work a couple of hours a day, uh, and you don't even need this income because your husband works. Like, you did something. You you finished something. And haven't you finished this and this and this and this? She goes, well, yeah, yeah, I have. So, you have when when you find yourself telling yourself a story after you've failed at something. Just pay attention and go, is this story always true? I think it's Viktor Frankl who says, in between the stimulus and the response, there is choice. Mm -hmm. There is a freedom to choose. And so when something happens to you like I didn't write today, Mm -hmm. you don't have to automatically automatically react the way you've always reacted, which is – Typically, if, if, if you're struggling to accomplish something, there's, there's some voice that says, I always do this or I will never do this. And then as you begin to think that way, that happens, right? You know, It's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So my challenge is to just stop in those moments of failure because they will happen. This whole idea that like Stephen King never misses a day of writing or this happened. Okay, fine, great, whatever. But like most of us will. Uh, most of us will take a day off, and there's nothing wrong with that. And what's really important is just to pay attention to the story that you tell yourself and realize I have an opportunity to tell myself another story. Maybe I did that at one point, but not this time. This time is going to be different because I spent a decade going, I always do this. I'm never going to finish anything. And eventually got tired of doing that and decided, no, I did that, but I'm not going to do that again. Mm, that's fantastic. That's really great. Now, over the course of all the books you've written, and I know you um, you were working even on a fiction book for a while, on a novel, uh-huh. your coming-of-age story, yeah. which really interested me. I was like, ooh, that's awesome. Has it varied for you? Like, when you look backward and say, okay, I've changed things, and, like, certain things gave me momentum as I was writing, and now I've evolved, you know, with your my overall writing process? Yeah, and one of the things that's changed for me is it takes me a lot longer to write a book or to write anything because I don't want to be someone else contributing to the noise. And, and I see so much writing that annoys me, frankly, uh, that I don't want to <laughs> – That's honestly Yeah, well, right? <laughs> I don't want to be just another voice. And I don't ha- – like I'm not trying to get noticed. I'm trying to say something, you know? Uh, and there was definitely a season where I was just saying stuff to get noticed. Um, so one of the things that's changed for me is how much more slowly the process is of even like sitting down to write. Um, I, an editor told me this once when I was working on a book, I think it was the art of work maybe. And, mm-hmm. um, I said, you know, I didn't write today. I said, I had this conversation. I thought about this and I read and I made some notes, but I didn't write today. Mm-hmm. And he said, Sometimes thinking about writing is writing. And I do not think that this is necessarily helpful advice for somebody who's just struggling to get 500 words you know, a day down on the page. Uh, but there is a place for just sitting and going, what is this really about? Uh, I'm teaching a course right now on how to write a book. And we are spending a long time with our students going, what is this really about? Well, you know, it's it's about yeah it's about my father it's about you know a coming of age story it's about this or it's about that and and really like this is the most important question that you can ask yourself when you're writing which is what is this about really who is this for and often it's not about 
the it's not the genre you know it's not about a coming of age story it's about a, the loss of innocence or finding freedom or whatever sure and so um you know what is this about and, and then why is it going to be unique so right now i'm uh working on a book with a friend and we're co-writing this book um and cool. i like he goes have we have we started writing it i'm basically ghostwriting it and he's providing you know the content and I said, no, 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 we haven't, we're not, we're not there yet, you know, and we've been working on this for a couple of months, but we're doing the research, we're talking about it, I'm making lots of notes, we're recording all the conversations. This is a part of writing, too, and for a long time, because it's not as exciting, to be frank, uh, but, yeah, but for a long time, I would rush to, to the screen to start writing, and, I, and it would not take that long before I would go, what am I saying here? I don't know. And so I do think that for me it's been a mark of maturity as a writer to slow down, to not have to rush to say something right away and to think through what I'm going to say. And no, no, I know with confidence that the words will come. The book will get done. Uh, so I want I want these words to count. And it doesn't mean that there aren't like first and second and third and fourth and fifth drafts. Uh, it just means that – there's there's sort of this thing that happens underneath the soil you know before you see anything sprout out the ground there's things that are happening underneath the surface and i consider that part of writing now as well so i'm taking a lot longer before i actually sit down to to write right that makes sense now that is a fantastic segue toward your approach that you call the three bucket system which is basically ideas drafts and edits it sounds like you're really just spending more time in that idea stage, that research stage when you're crafting your books. And like once you once you're finished there, then you say, OK, now it's time for drafting. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah. I, I mean, I think probably what I'm doing is I'm giving that part of the process its due. And for a lot of lot, a long time, I shortchanged it. I would take any idea and I would try to turn it because I because I feel like I'm a pretty good writer, and so I can take a an okay idea and turn it into something that looked really interesting and compelling. Yeah, but once you start digging down deep, you know, into that soil analogy, you find that there aren't very deep roots. Mm. And so the things that I have to say now, I want them to have roots. I want them to have substance, not just be you know surface level. Makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. Now, can you just um, quickly just go through that? Because I have three sure. buckets. I think this is a big problem for momentum as a writer. You know, I'm guilty of it. You know, everyone's guilty of yeah. it at times where you start meshing all the different stages of writing yeah. together. Right. Yeah. So the three bucket system is my messy attempt at structure because I'm a messy person. I have a messy office. I was just at a friend's house and he had a very clean office. And I was like, that would be great, uh, and I aspire to do that. And every <laughs> once in a while, I got to clean things off just so I've got some order. But for me, the creative process is a little bit chaotic, and and so do not feel that if you uh, aren't you know neat and ordered that that there isn't a space for you to be a writer, to be an artist, because <laughs> it it can feel a little bit messy to pull. Our job is to pull the order out of the chaos, but the process of doing that can be a little bit messy. So for me, the three bucket system was just something that I did. It wasn't like I created a system and then followed it. I realized this is how I get my writing done, and it started with the blog, and then eventually turned into you know writing and finishing books, but. 
you know, sometimes people say they have writer's block, and mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people are legitimately stuck. Uh, sometimes they're just afraid. Uh, but I have found that often one of the causes of feeling stuck or blocked mm-hmm. is that you are trying to do too many things at once. And I think writing is not one thing. It's three things. What we call writing, we sit down and write, is typically come up with an idea. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Draft that idea into you know something that people could read and edit. Uh, and then edit that idea into something that is publishable. Well, those are three very different and distinct activities. That's ideation and brainstorming. It's writing. And then it's uh, editing and proofreading and, and polishing. Those are three very distinct activities that if you try to make them happen all at once, it's going to kind of cause your brain to overload. And, and, it's, and you're not <laughs> sure. going to do your best work doing that. So I try right. to divide those activities throughout the day. And so I have a commitment to write every day. And so we're always coming up with ideas. And so uh, you know, I use an app on my phone. I, I, I have a, an iPhone and a Mac computer, and this is a Mac app called Bear, B-E-A-R, Love mm-hmm. this tool, great tool. You could use any note-taking tool, but I like this tool because it syncs with all the devices. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just pull it out anytime I have an idea, and I write like a couple of sentences, and that's my idea. It's a little prompt, and I may do three or four or five or ten of these throughout the day, or maybe just one. Uh, but I'll do that in between all the other things happening around me. Sometimes there's scheduled structure time to ideate. A lot of time, you know, the ideas just come, as, as is true for most of us. And so I have a commitment at any point. If I'm in the shower, you know, mm-hmm. step out of the shower. If I'm at church, I, I pull it out just because it takes like five seconds and I just go, duh, 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 idea saved. Yeah. Uh, then I mentioned I typically have an appointment in the morning for an hour or two to write. That's draft time. So I'll go to my uh, ideas bucket and I'll pull out some idea that I feel called to. There's no like – there's no order. It's not the first one or the second one or the most recent one. It's just I go, that idea I'm excited about today, so I'm going to write about that. I write about 500 words, sometimes more, sometimes less, but typically I aim for about 500 words. I save that. Then I take out a previous draft from uh, another day or another writing session. I pull mm-hmm. that out, and I edit it. And so my job is not to come up with a magnum opus every day, but it's just to move something from each bucket, from Bucket one to bucket two, two to three, and so on. And so that's the three-bucket system. Fantastic. Yeah, that, that's so simple. And I think a lot of times we're doing it, but we never identify it. Sure. So it's like one big confusing bucket, if that, if you will. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and I think it's very important that when you're writing, you're writing. When you're coming up with ideas, you need to be focused on being creative and not going, well, how am I going to make that happen? And when you're editing, you're editing. Right. Keeping it separate, there's no confusion. You have clarity, right. which is yep, fantastic. Right. Now, you mentioned a couple times that you were originally kind of writing in the morning, more more so out of necessity. And yes. I, I'm surprised, I guess, to an extent, have you ever been the, you know, the guy that writes at lunch or the guy that writes in the evening? You know, if, if you're... Is I guess how did you stick with that specific time for momentum purposes? There was so I believe that the best thing that you you can do for forming a writing habit is to pick a consistent time and place and amount that you're going to write every day, same time, same space, same duration or amount of writing. So 500 words or 30 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever. But the reason for that is just so that when you show up in that space at that time, mm-hmm. your brain doesn't have to think. 
It just goes into writing mode. However, yeah, there were there were days when I had to write at night or over lunch because my commitment was to have written at some point. And this is true for any habit that I'm struggling to set into motion. I try to work out mm-hmm. in the mornings, but when that doesn't happen, I'll do something before the end of the day because I want to because that's good for me, you know, and I want to know that I did something today to keep uh, moving in the right direction. Uh, but yeah, I mean, ideally for me, the morning is great. Uh, for a while, I was writing in the afternoons and and you know doing other things, but there's just a lot of fascinating research about uh, the like the state that your brain is in mm-hmm. the first few hours after you've uh, woken up, mm-hmm. and really the first couple of hours after waking up, if possible, if you can do your most creative work, um, that's really really important. So I try to not have meetings in the morning. I try to not do interviews in the morning. I try to – well, you know, I've got kids, so like the first hour and a half of the day sure. is uh, <laughs> breakfast and taking them to school. Yeah. But immediately after that, I try to get to a coffee shop and write for at least you know 30 minutes, often an hour or two. Um, and the ideas just seem to flow better. But we've all got to find you know the, those times in the day that work for us to do uh, our best work. And mornings work well for me, but I think the the, the big picture thing is – same time, same space, same amount, right. every day or as much as you can. That's fantastic. Well, it it, it reinforces it in yes. so many ways. Yeah. Like you said, it's like all those things, you right. can really get into a nice rhythm. Yeah, and it'll allow you to protect that time. You know, if you're constantly finding 30 minutes here, 10 minutes there, an hour there, uh, and you're having to kind of schedule it in, uh, it's gonna hard. It'll be easy for that to go, you know, fall to the wayside. Same thing, um, you know, for uh, before I started taking my son to school for like a year and a half, I would go to this strength training class every morning from six to seven. I didn't mm-hmm. love rolling out of bed and driving to the gym at five thirty, <laughs> but right. after a while, like I just stopped thinking about it. Right, and I wasn't Automated. scheduling anything during that those times because that was a block that was just blocked out, and I did it every day, and so I didn't even really think about other priorities competing for that time and the same thing can happen with writing that's really good the the rhythm aspect of yeah. it. it's so easy to just let everything else kind of become sure. a priority so absolutely yeah. that's fantastic now uh, as we wrap up here uh, i have to ask you this because i think this is another really important component in finishing a book when you have a publisher they set a deadline for you yes when you're self-publishing or even just getting started out and you're not even sure, you know, if you're, you know, trying to do that first rough draft, yeah. you might not have that accountability, that support system in place or, right. you know, someone setting a deadline for you. Sure. I know that, you know, just from knowing you for a long time and I know that community mm. plays a very important role. What would you, is that what you would suggest for someone who's like starting out? I, I know NaNoWriMo specifically, it's like it's a big community. Everyone kind of, you know, has write-ins and things like that. Yeah. Is that what you would suggest for somebody who's kind of in that half-finished book state? Yeah. So, you know, thinking about the publisher is funny. I talked to a, a very successful uh, author who, um, you know, sold millions of copies of his books. And I said, you know, how do you, how do you keep your deadlines? He goes, well, there's – when you're working with a publisher, there's a few – deadlines you need to know. There's the deadline that you agree on. They say, turn the book in by this time. And you go, okay. Um, that's the contractual deadline. He goes, but there's actually a secret deadline that the publisher doesn't tell you about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's usually, you know, a month or two after they tell you that they need it by. Um, mm. And then 
and, and you know, so they can still kind of work with it. There's some buffer for them. He said, but then there's a super secret deadline, and that is just whenever the author decides to turn the book in. And, <laughs> and there's a lot of truth. there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, so even so, it might not. It might even appear easier than it really is when you have that publisher there, because I guess in some ways our own we can almost stop ourselves even in those cases. There. Every time I turn a book on time to a publisher, they're surprised, uh, which is sort of depressing about you know the the industry, I guess. Um, so all that to say, the most important um, influence on you keeping your deadlines is you. Because community is important. I think when you're starting out, um, it's good to have people hold you accountable. But what happens if you're in a community and everybody appears to be doing the thing that you all set out to do and you're not doing it? Mm-hmm. Just acting like you're doing it? But yeah. I mean I think for a lot of us, we're going to start to feel shame. We're going to start to hide. We're going to start to withdraw from the community. And, and so I believe that nobody can hold you accountable, that you have to hold yourself accountable. Even that word account accountable means to give an account, to say here's what I did. So I think community can help with that insofar as it can um, keep you in check and it can encourage you. Mm -hmm. But it can also have uh, an adverse effect where um, uh, it makes you feel shame, makes you feel left out. We're experiencing this in this course that we're teaching right now uh, called Write a Bestseller where – Lots of people are sort of starting to hide because they're not hitting their deadlines. And uh, I had to tell them, hey, I'm behind too. And mm. all of a sudden people started to relax and open up and go, oh, okay, right. all right. Okay, I can do this. So I think if you're going to be a part of a community, it has to be the right community that holds you accountable uh, but in an encouraging way. And I think the two things that make a writer are grace and discipline. Grace when you miss the mark, discipline to keep going. And so it all goes back to that, you know, self-talk and that story that you tell. Most writers yeah. I know struggle with a little bit of insecurity, a little bit of lack of confidence. Sure. Uh, totally get that. So I think we have to be careful with how much we sort of beat ourselves up about it and, and kick our kick ourselves into action, kick our butts in action. Um, I, but I think accountability ultimately comes down to this question, which is. Who do you want to be? Who are you really? Because I can't make I can't make you finish a book, Jim. You know nobody can make me go to the gym. I have to want that more than the opposite of that, right? And I talk to so many people who finish a book, who do some amazing feats, and I go, "How did you do it?" And it's always the same, which is like, I got tired of not doing it for so long that I decided I'm going to see this through. Now. Uh, I'm very lazy. I'm very undisciplined. <laughs> I uh, I don't. I procrastinate. I don't like. I hate deadlines. As soon as I have a deadline, I'm going to find a way to kind of work around it. But I I hate being a liar more than that. I right. hate being a fake. And so I'm committed to this thing called writing. I love who I am when I'm when I'm working on a book. Uh, and so I'm kind of all over the place with deadlines. But at the end of the day. I know that I want to be a person of integrity, and so I make commitments to myself and to the people that I'm working with so that I can see this thing through. And sure, it doesn't hurt for a publisher to give you some money and then call you and say, hey, do you have this thing? But even even that is not enough if you're not committed to this. And I think it comes down to you committing to yourself 
this is who I really want to be. And if not, that's okay. If you get halfway through NaNoWriMo and you go, I don't want to do this, then be okay with not doing it, you know? Uh, and, and that's good too. You know, I, I traveled, you and I are both musicians and I traveled with a professional band for a year. And at the end of the year, uh, one of my friends who played bass goes, uh-huh. I couldn't play music. I don't know what I'd do. And I literally right. thought I would just do something else. Right. And I thought, well, like maybe this isn't the thing then. And writing is something that I feel like I can't not do. And so I'm going to find a way to do it. And because I'm lazy and undisciplined and procrastinate a lot, I'm going to try to find a way to make it easy. Doing it the same way in the same place at the same time over and over and over again makes it easier to do than to not do. And that's when you know you have momentum. That's a fantastic summary, and I think that's super encouraging for everyone. So I, I can't thank you enough, Jeff. I really think that's super encouraging to, you know, mm. uh, that in, uh, you can basically say sum it up in one word. One word is being stubborn, where it's like we have to be stubborn, you know, to be that person we want to be. We have to, you know, keep moving forward. That's fantastic. I love it. Thanks so much, Jeff. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Finish Your Book Podcast. If you'd like some help with your book, whether you're starting or finishing or no matter where you are right now, you can go to storycrafting.net slash finish. Thank you for listening and I'll see you 